All right, everybody. Welcome to a very special crossover episode. The two remaining Western Conference teams are set to duel, and boy, is this going to be an exciting one. All of the storylines. Uh, I don't think the NHL could ask for something any better than what they're getting between the Colorado Avalanche and Edmonton Oilers. You got myself, Chris Maselli. You got Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and Brett Holden, host of Locked on Oilers. And we are going to break this thing down and even give our predictions. So let's get to this. Your Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Oilers. We are doing a special crossover episode like we have been doing at every round along the way. And this one is pretty much as good as it can get. You have the Colorado Avalanche, the Edmonton Oilers, McDavid, McKinnon. You have our old pal Tyson Berry. You have Kale McCarr. I mean, the storylines go on and on. Uh, we are set for an exciting, exciting series. So uh, we're going to just break this thing down. If you're unfamiliar with the other team, I mean, they did play three times this year. But uh, the playoffs bring something new, obviously. And I think with the Oilers especially, there's some players that have just really stepped it up. So we'll get to stuff like that. But um Welcome aboard. I am Chris Maselli, along with my buddy Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. We host Locked On Avalanche. And there is Mr. Brett Holden, host of Locked On Oilers. How are we feeling, fellas? Are we are we ready to go? Brett, what are you thinking? How is, how is Oiler Nation feeling about this thing? Oh, we are ready to go. Edmonton hasn't been this buzzing since literally 2006, and I was 10 years old, I think. So <laughs> yeah. it's nice to actually be a part of one of those people who are on, like, the, the television stands on White Avenue. It's the city's the city's buzzing a little bit here, and we can't wait for this series to get started. Isn't it just nice that, that both of these teams had storylines going in, and to this point, they've both surpassed those. Obviously, with the Avalanche, it was second round. Oilers was was first round. Yeah. Um. So and then you know Edmonton pushed beyond that. Avalanche pushed beyond their their second round. Uh. I don't want to say whatever team doesn't make it is happy because you know clearly you got this far you want to continue but i i guess maybe from oiler from the oiler side of things if they don't if if they get eliminated here what is the mindset and i'm not trying to think too far ahead but what is the mindset maybe going into next year or just when you look back at the year will it have been a success well, I mean, even if you take a look at the series before, we were going into the Calgary Flames series, and like Pierre Lebrun went to X amount of executives and coaches around the league and said, who's going to win this series between the Oilers and the Flames? Well, everybody had the Flames, and look, five games, the Oilers are waiting between uh, St. Louis and Colorado. Now we know who. You know, there's seven games going into Los Angeles, and everyone's going, ah, oh, it's the old demons again. The Oilers were able to dump out of those old demons, too. In fact, February 10th, the Edmonton Oilers were sitting out of the playoffs. They were sitting in 10th in the Western Conference. And then Jay Woodcroft came in. They became a totally different team. And honestly, the team that the Colorado Avalanche played throughout the regular season, as you did mention, it is a totally different monster from regular season to playoffs. But 
they weren't in the playoffs. They're a totally different team. And I was saying to a lot of people, if we even make the playoffs, it should be considered a win at some point. Now we're here in the Western Conference Final. Well, quickly, uh, Adam Dunker from Locked On Lightning, him and I host the Thursday edition of Locked On NHL, and we always do the power rankings. And I shouldn't say we, we, we present the power rankings. People always want to yell at us for coming up with like these power rankings. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you know all of the hosts across Locked On NHL vote on it. And it, in early in the year, Oilers were up there. They, they had a really good start to the year, and they just were in free fall a little bit, kind of like mi- beginning to middle of the season. But like you're saying, like, this, this, is, this is why you play the entirety of a season. The, the St. Louis Blues will tell you. They went from, from nothing to winning the Stanley Cup. So, exactly. uh, yeah, they, they completely turned it around. But go ahead, Kyle. Here we go. Yeah, um, and you were, you mentioned like Edmonton's a buzz, and I'm just asking from an outside perspective, looking at everything you got going on in Edmonton. How does it feel going into the Western Conference Final, knowing that you are Canada's team, knowing Canada is so starved for a Stanley Cup, yeah, that usually you're playing like the third favorite. It's usually like Toronto, Montreal, maybe Edmonton. Maybe Vancouver if they're having a great year, but yeah. what does it feel like to have Canada behind you? It's actually kind of nice. It's nice that, like you said, I, I, one of my best friends is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So every time we get going, it's like, oh, how are the Leafs? Oh, how are the Oilers? You know, but now he's actually going, oh, well, you know, I want a Canadian team to win. So I guess it's with the Oilers. It is with hesitancy. It is very much. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I don't get what it is. It, I, I must be missing the, the quota or something, but it feels like next to those teams that you mentioned with the Leafs and the Habs, after those two, the Oilers are the, like the most hated after that, and they just love to hate the Oilers. So it seems like it's almost a hate to love the Oilers at this point because <laughs> it really, I, I guess we did have 10 years of, oh man, they suck, and now, oh, they get Connor McDavid? That's not fair. So <laughs> it's it's the weird double sword that people are okay with cheering for us because we do want the cup again but there's just there's not people yeah. hate us at the same yeah. time you know yeah so, well yeah. obviously you mentioned Connor mcdavid so let, let's get into that because yeah. um you're gonna hear a lot of of that matchup with mcdavid and and mckinnon um i kind of jokingly put up on twitter that this this will be the next fast and furious movie it's just this series uh edited down to a two-hour film because like this is going to be just speed demon city uh led by those two guys and that and you like seeing this stuff you like seeing you know uh connor mcdavid lifting his team up and nathan mckinnon did it as well uh, at at times i think he you know he has a, a a bigger supporting cast that will if he's not performing well they'll lift the, the team up but he you know your superstars rose to the occasion for the most part um pretty much for most of these playoffs yeah and well i mean I'm, i gotta be expecting more of that wouldn't you well exactly well that's the thing is is 
in order to win in the playoffs, your best players need to be your best players. And and for the Edmonton Oilers, that's how they propelled themselves over the Calgary Flames, over the Los Angeles Kings. In Game 7, it was one nothing in the third period until Connor McDavid decided to be Connor McDavid again. It, 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 you need those top players. But at the same time, Zach Hyman against the Calgary Flames scored in every single game. The yeah. only Oiler to ever do that. And we're talking about some pretty illustrious Oilers yeah, here. Right. And yeah. Zach Hyman's the one that's putting in his name on top. Evander Kane is three goals away from scoring the most amount of playoff goals from Sidney Crosby in 2008, 2009. Like they, they have that supporting cast. Like you said that now Nathan, that Nathan McKinnon has in the Nazem Kadri's who is been absolutely fantastic for the mm. Colorado Avalanche. I cannot exemplify that enough. <laughs> Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I've always been a Nazem Kadri guy. I've always been that, oh, he's a pest and you hate to play against him, but you love to, to have him on your team and mm -hmm. you're succeeding with them. Or with him, I should say. Yeah. No. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, it's... This is one of those things, like as a hockey fan, it doesn't matter what jersey you wear. Connor McDavid's one of those players that everyone, like you love to hate him because he's so good. And when your team is matched up against him, knowing that we have like Nathan McKinnon, like you look forward to that matchup and what he's been able to do in the playoffs, like excites you. And like we mentioned with Canada behind you and everything going in to these the conference finals and with Colorado and getting past the second round, like this is one of those, like sit down, pop your popcorn, McDavid McKinnon. This is what you live for. And oh. do you expect like it to billow? Or is this one of those things where this is alpha on alpha and they kind of cancel out? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I I think the important, maybe not important thing is, but before we were even getting going here, I think the thing that we kind of said was Connor McDavid's not from this world. Connor McDavid is <laughs> a whole other entity. When Nathan McKinnon, fantastic hockey player, and I will never not say that Nathan McKinnon is a, not a top three guy. He is, uh, if not right next to Connor McDavid, the the guy in the NHL. But he is the best hockey player, I would say, where Connor McDavid can just the athleticism, athleticism, I should say, on him, the speed, the skill, just absolutely anything the kid can do, he does it at 115%. It is insane. So even if you were the best hockey player in the world, you can go and watch him and be, okay, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. It is I, insane. I've grown – like – I've grown up as a, a fan of sports. When, when you're young, like, okay, I grew up like, and, and Michael Jordan was, you know, the greatest thing on a basketball court. And I hated him, <laughs> you know, growing up a, a Knicks fan. And, you know, the Knicks could never get past him. Right. But like, as you get older, you appreciate greatness. And, mm -hmm. and, and you, you, sh you should be like thanking that you are alive at a time where someone like this exists and you can watch him play. You know what I mean? So, so I, I don't have, and I feel like Conor McDavid is liked, like he, he doesn't have this added. I feel like he's liked across the league, but being a fan of the sport, I don't watch this anymore, especially with someone like him saying like, 
oh, he's so good. I hate him. I think of it as like, he's so good. I appreciate him mm-hmm. more. And even though he's not on my team, I'm not going to have that hate mindset because he's good. Appreciate because I don't want it to be, you know, there's going to be people 50 years from now who look back and say like, oh my God, he was the best ever. I wasn't around for it. We're mm-hmm. around for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and same thing to an extent goes to McKinnon and probably totally. as the years go on, Kale McCarr, like, we are we are surrounded right now by by excellence and and i i i just watch it in awe except for Sidney crosby we can all hate <laughs> yeah. well that's what i was going to say with Sidney crosby eh? a little bit yeah. of his, uh, but what i was going to say is you mentioned kale mccarr i will i will sit down right here and i will sign my name to absolute next to absolutely anything that needs signing and to say that kale mccarr will be the next Bobby Orr. And I, I don't think that is really even too far of a, oh, what is this guy saying? Yeah. <laughs> this kid is almost, uh, genuinely almost as good as Connor McDavid is, and he's a defenseman. Right. His, his point production over this first 82 games almost matched Connor McDavid, and he's a defenseman. You watch the kid skate from his own end to the other end, and you're just in awe. And yeah. again, you can be any, a fan of any team, and you can just sit there and go, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, it's just it's fantastic kid, man. Just a fantastic talent there. How is it like because you guys have so many your defense is absolutely stacked. We can go through all of the players, but mm. I, I mean Devin Taves is another guy who just who deserves more love and the guy that I think if you ask a lot of people a lot of the exec- executives around the team would be like, oh, yeah, we kind of want Devon Taves on our team. Bowen yeah. Byram is almost basically uh, Kale McCarr light, um, <laughs> depending on who you ask. Right. Um, but, you know, you just have younger guys coming up through the, the, the pipeline who can be just as good. And that is scary. And then that's offensively and defensively. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. go ahead, Kyle. You were going to. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing that, like, we were talking about the McDavid-McKinnon matchup. That's the thing Avalanche fans are looking forward to. When you have Kale McCarr and you have your Bowen Byram and you have your, you know, you're kind of the coming on late hero, Josh Manson. Like, yeah. <laughs> what, the, what the defense can do, like, it's one thing knowing if you're, like, maybe Ottawa or Columbus, knowing that you have Connor McDavid coming in your building. And what to expect with the avalanche and the what they have on the decor, you're kind of excited because like what Chris was saying, like you like watching these players, you don't hate them for avalanche fans. You're like, what can we do to stop them? Because, you know, you're capable with every defensive pairing that we put on the ice. Yeah, it's uh, and and you touched on Bowen Byram and he is very stealthily uh having himself a postseason you know mckinnon is and and uh you know mccarr and you know those guys would get the headlines and kadri would get the headlines um what bowen byram has done he's just his confidence is through the roof right now and for avalanche fans not even knowing if he was going to ever take the ice again Mm -hmm. um I, I don't want to say like every time he gets hit, like I don't cringe anymore. I still do just because, you know, he has history with concussions. So you, that's always there. But he's seen, I mean, he's, he's been healthy. 
knock on wood. Um, yeah. And and he's he's just methodically he's he had to step up because Sam Gerard got the the injury against St. Louis where he's out for the remainder of the playoffs. So he I mean, it, and that's the beauty of the Avalanche is they can just have these guys just bump them up. OK, then yeah. we'll put him in. We'll bring back Jack Johnson. Uh, you know, we'll have the Johnson and Johnson brothers back together. And then, you know, and, and it's just away we go and it's just ne- next man up and let's just, let's just keep this thing going. And to piggyback off that point, three of the four leaders in plus minus in the playoffs right now are defensemen for the avalanche. And one of those are, is Bo and Byram. You have Bo and Byram, Kale McCarr and Eric Johnson, Gabe Landeskog being the fourth all tied for, a plus seven in the playoffs, and that should tell you the quality of defensemen. It's not just a warm body out there playing a role. These are contributors and facilitating and getting scoring going from the quarterback position on the blue line. Mm, yeah. Well, so. you can't lose a game if you're if you're going out there and scoring more than you're out there for. And yeah. obviously, when you take a look at the defensemen who are supposed to be the ones who are out on the ice when the gold, or at least the ones who gets kind of the flack on, where was Ethan bear there? (laughs) You know, it's always the the defensemen, you know, and the fact that three half of the defensive core can be not only kind of all right, maybe in the top 10, but leading the playoffs in plus minus is pretty impressive. The other thing too, with that is we're taking, we want to go back to the regular season and take a look at how the flames or the flames. I'm I'm still in the, the transition (laughs) between the flames and the, it was funny before the flame series I had, I kept going to the Kings too. So (laughs) maybe I might drop that a couple of times. The thing about the avalanche and the Oilers throughout the season is that, Connor McDavid only had four assists in the three games. Now we say four assists in three games and we're like, Oh, that's pretty impressive. Right. Right. But in one game he had three assists and then Leon Dreisaitl as well. The other pretty decent oiler had two assists in those three games. So Mm. they're obviously doing something. Well, let's let's get rock auto in here. And then I do want to ask you about that. I want to ask you about those depth players. Um, So, but Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. And why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer, so go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Uh, and quickly, while we are recording this second intermission, three to nothing Rangers. Oh, <clears throat> so uh, Carolina has a lot of work to do in 20 minutes. But uh, anyway, we we move on. So we have our final four sets. Um, yeah, I think the thing with the Oilers for the past few seasons has been there's so much money going to McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they, they just didn't have the funds to bring in bottom six guys and third defensive pairing guys. How have they navigated that this year? And is it just a matter of 
we need the guys that we have to step up, and they finally are in the playoffs. Absolutely. I, I think it's more of the latter. Well, it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think if you lo- asked a lot of people around the league and you take a look at Leon Dreisaitl's contract, they'd be like, that's really how much he's getting paid. I think I, not off the top of my head. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure why I looked at a watch that's not on my, my <laughs> wrist. Like it's going to have the salary answer. But uh, um, I think it's around $8.29 million or I something like that. Right now for you, sir. But, uh, 8.5. 8.5. 8.5. There we yeah. go. And, and I mean, even that is when you take a look at what Dreisaitl produces almost at a McDavid clip, it's like, eh, not bad. But again, those that's what 20 million tied up in two guys right there. Right. Right. So going into previous playoffs, I think it was last playoffs. The left winger next to Connor McDavid was Dominic Cahoon. Uh, come again mm. yeah exactly yeah. exactly mm. wow. and, like you come in that's your first line winger now mm. going into the playoffs you have Vander Kane who we've already talked about and you got him on just over a million dollar contract half not bad two million dollars not too bad mm. you got uh, Zach Hyman who a lot of people said was an overpay who has been scoring at uh hello Fernando Pisani is that you looking fantastic Ryan Nugent Hopkins who's been with the team for a while but now actually has the support that doesn't he doesn't have to just be the guy who's offensively inclined and defensively inclined Mm -hmm. you got guys like Kyler Yamamoto who's five foot six and an absolute Mm. spark I love that guy, man. I do too. He's a little fireball, and you got guys like that. Even you, a lot. Yes, Apuliarvi gets a lot of hate. I love the band so much, Uh, but he can go out there, and he can also. He has the scoring touch that he has obviously had. It's it's been a little stunted recently, and if I say a little, and I can already hear the Oilers fans burning me at the stake, (laughs) but it's it's the Oilers do have all of those threats. Plus, we haven't even gotten to the Tyson. And berries, the the Cody CC, surprisingly, Evan Bouchards, Darnell Nurse. Like there are guys outside of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, where if they do have that, oh, these they're not really showing up, they can also stand up for, for the Oilers and produce something, which is scary and nice to see. Oh, okay. Chris talked about paying for your depth and how you're set up for depth. I'm going to uh, look, we're all friends here. I'm going to just <laughs> point out where you're not paying and what could be the difference in these playoffs. The goalie position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like you knew it was coming. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have Mike Smith, Koskinen and Skinner. Um, like <laughs> d- with, with how the avalanche are constructed when you have depth. It's not just depth, but it's anybody that could score. Like Darren Helm was the winner, the game winner to send us in the Western Conference final. Yeah. Um, how do you think the goalie position is going to hold up? Like, it's great that we can match up depth on depth, but when the Avalanche are bringing out Darcy Kemper, who's had a resurgent season and is looking incredible and only boosting his value in a contract year, and you have Pablo Francois waiting in the wings, um, how do you is this where the the series comes down to is who can hold up in between the pipes well and yeah a hundred percent uh but you also take a look at who the oilers have faced in the last two series jonathan quick i 
I will sit uh, as much as I was uh, an investor in the Kale McCarr thing. I would sit here and say Jonathan Quick has been one of, if not the best goaltender of the last generation, and he mm. still almost looks like Dominic Hasek at times. And it, he almost won the Kings that series. Then you go into Calgary and you get a Vesna Trophy candidate in in uh, Jacob Markstrom. And the Oilers made him look pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Now, going into Colorado, uh, I'm sorry, like we said, we're we're all friends here. Yeah. Um, in the last series, Darcy Kemper had a, a .891 save percentage. It was not good. It wasn't mm-hmm. that good. In no. the last series, Mike Smith had a .907, which, I mean, you take a look, it's only about nine-ish points or however that may be. But still, that is a better save percentage. But... How long can that stand? That is the thing. Like Mike Smith is 40. He's mm-hmm. old. And, and it just seems like it's just a matter of time that it's going to burst. The Oilers have only faced what Johnny Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk, who were not the greatest, the uh, best scoring players in Los Angeles were Philip Deneau and Mario or Mario. I kept going Mario Kempe too last time. Adrian. 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 <laughs> Adrian. There we go. Adrian Kempe as well. Like now the Oilers are going up against a team whose top scorers are Nathan McKinnon, Nico Rantanen, Nazem Kadri, Kale McCarr. Kind of a different firepower. And that is terrifying terrifying from the Oilers perspective but does Darcy Kemper's because that's honestly that's kind of my question is the last couple of games Darcy Kemper in the last what four games he had a save percentage in the 800s and two of them that's I mean Darcy Kemper is a fantastic goaltender like you said he had the resurgence but if the Oilers sniff even a little bit of blood they're like sharks and they're gonna they're gonna attack I, I feel like those numbers might be a little deceptive when the Avalanche are escaping games, um, only allowing like just over 20 shots totally. and maybe letting up one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, it might make Darcy Kemper look bad, but when it comes, when this defense is clicking, um, it doesn't matter who's rolling through there. They're going to make you make uncomfortable shots. And Darcy Kemper, once he gets hot, forget about it. He's, he's up there with the best of the league. I think he's suffering from where he's played and why he's played there. But it's one of those if we could get off hot in game one, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long series. <laughs> it's gonna be a long series well, for us. <laughs> I, you know, I, what Kyle's saying is, is is there's some truth to it, but I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for Darcy Kemper. He was bad. Yeah. He he was bad in St. Louis. And and it wasn't just I well in the beginning. The, the first couple games, the, the the goals that were going in on him were deflections off his own team. Mm-hmm. They were off of, the own, off of defenders of the Avalanche. So they're not completely on him. But as that series went on, you could see his confidence not there as much. Um, mm-hmm. And and he was, stop, he was not stopping shots that were no, you know, no unimpeded. Like yeah. him and him and who's going to shoot the puck at him. And he couldn't stop them. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't have concern over it, though, because I, I kind of feel like when, when, when the ser- the, this, a series is over and you move into a different one, I kind of feel like everybody just hits the reset button. And I don't feel like, you know, a, a bad play will carry over from series to series. But even having said that, like he does have to prove that, you know, it, he had a, he had an excellent season. Mm-hmm. He had a very, very good season and he's had a good postseason, save for 
the last two, maybe three games of, of the say, we'll say half of the the blue series. Sure. That, you know, so so which Darcy Kemp are you going to get? I mean, that is a question right now. That is a question. So, and I think both of these teams <clears throat> will throw everything at goalies. Mm-hmm. So both of them are going to have to be like they. There's going to be games where, where one of them needs to stand on their head because the Abs, for the most part, were in control of the Blues series. They they really controlled the pace of, of the game for almost all of it. There were times where the Blues took control of the game, and obviously they they won a couple of them, so you know they, they must have had some momentum going. But overall, the Abs were really in command of it. They just couldn't get anything in in net. For the most part, um, but but I think overall, like it, it, both of these goalies have something to prove, and they will be challenged. This is going to be an offensive series, so I think the over under for game one for for goals is six and a half. Oh. I think that is low, low, <laughs> yeah, low. You ask me. So well, and I was curious because, in especially in game three for the Oilers. All four of their goals in the second period happened Mm. on the transition. For the Colorado Avalanche, who have defensemen who can step up underneath the face-off dots and create a cycle, and the Edmonton Oilers are a team who, I'm not going to say likes to play in their own end, but likes to play on that transition game. If I'm going to be honest, watching the Edmonton Oilers is kind of like watching a soccer team. They're kind of a, Mm. okay, we'll we'll let the other team have possession, and then, oh, oh, now we got it, and just... Mm now the other way and now they got a lot of possession and and then that's when the Oilers really strike are you kind of concerned when it comes to the transition game when you take a look at all the guys who might be barreling down on a Darcy Kemper and a single defenseman because a defenseman was caught in the defensive or in the offensive zone and now is chasing Connor McDavid Leon Dreisaitl Evander Kane take your pick Mm. yeah I'm I'm (laughs) When it comes to transition offense for the Oilers, the Avs don't typically give up those juicy, like the Connor McDavid highlight reels are off a bad defensive beat and Connor McDavid's on a breakaway. You seldom see that for the Avalanche. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get in the offensive zone, congratulations, you've earned it. Um, You're not, you're not getting behind this defense on a beat. Everyone it's, we talk about Kale McCarr all the time, almost as he plays like positionless hockey. And the whole yeah. team has kind of adopted that mentality. Um, you see Miko Rantanen dropping back for some defensive coverage a lot. Um, if It's one of those, you, you mentioned like the Oilers barreling down. If it's there, it's earned. And it becomes a one-on-one matchup. But I don't think you'll see it as much as you're accustomed to throughout the rest of the regular season. Yeah. Mm. I think for most of uh, the lines, it's true, but it's it's a different animal with with Connor McDavid. Man, it, it is like he can make things appear where there should be nothing. So that uh, well, Connor McDavid yeah. would be ideally facing the Kale McCarr Taze D pair. Should be, yeah, yeah. That's and, your your smartest, like the highest hockey IQ you have is on that D pair mm-hmm. and. You're, it's top line on top line, so you're expecting the best of the best. If they get beat, expect Bednar to throw an adjustment in there and shift it up and change it up. But I, for some reason, I just don't know if that's going to be 
if it's going to be that dump and chase and bad breaks and defensive beats because mm-hmm. this these teams are matched up very similarly. Very similarly, very similarly. And and that's what the Oilers love to do is they they just gain the red line and just dump it in. And then you got that little five foot six spark plug coming in and Kyler Yamamoto coming up from underneath uh, you and you go, ah, you know, like, <laughs> where, where did you come from? And then the puck's turned over and you got to take your pick on who you're going to cover. Right. And that's, that's kind of, that's where I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, this, this might kind of be where we can hopefully catch Colorado. But now I'm sitting here and going oh, no, maybe not. But like I said too, it's like, it's Connor McDavid, right. <laughs> you know, it, right. it, it's, it just comes out of nowhere. All of a sudden, like my dad watched Wayne Gretzky. My dad watched any of those best players ever. And he sits there and watches Connor McDavid and, literally has a tear in his eye because you <laughs> could never understand that somebody could be this good, but he he's is. lived up to it. He's lived well, up to yeah. it. So, um, you know, and, and they're not like so much connected as I thought they would be, but like, you know, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, number one in the draft followed up by Gabe Landeskog. Mm-hmm. He was number two in that draft. So, you know, that's, that's like another storyline that kind of gets buried a little bit. Not that they have like a rivalry or anything like that, but two guys that have been playing for that long. Like yeah. They have been playing for the, and, and they this is the first time they both in this situation. So I exactly. kind of just feel like, you know, even though we're going up against the Oilers, I, I kind of like whoever wins this series, like if Avalanche don't come out of this, I still think i'm still pulling for the oilers especially if it's the the lightning again nobody wants a a repeat from them um and it seems like it's going to be the rangers um checking here chris Kreider just scored four four to nothing now yeah wow it's all it's all over so that's pretty much done i mean there's 16 minutes left so uh anything is possible but wow um and i think i saw that uh ranta left the game he was injured yeah yeah, How long was Seth Jarvis early? And Jarvis got railed. Oh, really? oh man. Oh yeah, that was awful. That was nasty. That was that was but that game. I don't want to say that's the playoffs, but you lose guys. Seth Jarvis had yeah. a massive playoff Huge. for the Carolina Earth. Huge. Yeah. You lose a guy like that, and then all of a sudden you're you're sitting down your 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 bench looking down the bench going, okay, so who's gonna step up now? <laughs> the Oilers and the Avalanche yeah. have guys who can do that. I was yep. I mean segue right into that because that's that's where i was going to ask and then we'll kind of get into predictions like there's always guys that that step up and kyle and i have been doing this thing before each series who are kind of like guys that need to step up um for the avalanche for it's not that he's playing poorly but i'm really interested to see the lines that come out for game one because jared benner has been mixing and matching like the past couple games in st louis mika renton has gone down to the second line Mm-hmm. which is like scary enough when you have him and Kadri on the same line, but Arturi Lekkinen has gone up to the top line. So is, is that, if that remains the same, if that remains a constant, he's got to perform, you know, like that is a big ask of him. He's up for the task, but if he is starting on the top line and, and the top line has lately been him with Landis and McKinnon, uh, I mean, all eyes are going to be on those lines. Let's face it. So yeah. he needs to arrive if he's if he is starting on that top line with those two guys. He's got to he's got to put the work in. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, Kyle, what, who 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 else on the Avalanche is someone that you're kind of looking at? 
it's got to be a step up game for Berkey, a, be- a step up series mm. for Andre Burakovsky. He's uh, he's kind of there, and he plays. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, he they there, he missed a couple, uh, a whole game and was sub back two. in for New Hope. Games. I, was, I he thought was it was out for two games. Yeah, okay, I, I think it was two. Yeah, and, but, came in. Yeah, and I just I would like him to step up. Like if you're there, do something. That's that's just honestly my feeling for the whole team. If you're on the ice, you have to be doing something. So that just the bare minimum, like get something going, assist. Like mm-hmm. I know you're not going to score a goal because you're going to miss the net, but just <laughs> get is. something going. He, that, that's his nickname. Brett is is Andre. Missed the net. (laughs) (laughs) Every time, every time he takes a shot, it's Burakovsky with a shot. Oh, wide of the net. Every time. Every time. That's that. Those are scary names that you you mentioned. I I think the fact that, uh, well, the thing with Lekkinen, I'm curious about is is he kind of there as a shutdown role? Is he there to to produce some offense? What's what's the play there? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is. He, he, he's he's there for offense. Right. Um, next to Val Nachuskin, he's probably their best forechecker. So mm. when they they split those two guys up, you got Nachuskin on the second line, and you have uh, Lekkinen on the on the top line. That's a a, a forechecking nightmare for yeah. for other teams. So um, no, they ask him to do it all. They really do. Yeah. If the last time you remember Lekkinen is in a Habs jersey. Yes. Keep that mentality, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. I think from the Oilers' perspective, mm-hmm. um, there are a couple names that come come to mind. You you went with two. I'll go with two here. So okay. my, my first one is going to be Ryan McLeod. Ryan McLeod is a guy who plays in each and every situation for the Oilers. He plays in the penalty kill. He plays on the power play. He plays five on five. He can go into those dirty corners in your own end, and he can go in the dirty corners in the other team's end. And he will go out there and come out with this good old hockey smile he has on his face, (laughs) missing his front tooth. I almost went just like him and went missing the front tooth. Um, (laughs) And he's fantastic. He's got speed. Sometimes I watch him and I go, Oh, Connor's go. Oh, never mind. That's uh, Ryan McLeod. Never mind. Mm. He is a fantastic skater. He just needs to get a point, please. He's got none. He's gotten. He may have an assist, or I think he has a goal in the LA series, but that's it. Really? And he. he, But I mean, the thing with the Oilers is that. Connor McDavid kind of does all of it, and you don't really need that. And Ryan McLeod realizes that, you know what, I don't necessarily need to be on the score sheet to be successful, to be efficient, to be to do my job, essentially. And he's right. But it would be nice to see him just get yeah. that those goals. He's around the net all the time. It's just, please, please, a matter of finding the back of the net. And another guy who's just like that, almost just like that, is Yesapoli-Arvi. Uh, mm. On the flip side of uh, uh, Ryan McLeod, who, like I said, plays on the penalty kill, plays on the power play. Yes, Puliarvi doesn't. He, he he's one of weirdly enough. If you take a look at his five on five numbers, the most efficient not only Oilers forward 
but Euler in general in the, his own end, but he doesn't play penalty kill. He rarely ever plays power play unless it's Evander Kane in the penalty box, which does happen. <laughs> or if, if, you know, you just throw out extra guys, it's the end of the power play. You know, he doesn't really go out there, he, but he's very effective on five on five. If the Oilers can get scoring from the fourth overall draft pick from 2016, that's massive for them. The guy yeah. was, we. I mean, in Edmonton, there were Bison King billboards around the city because he went on a walk in uh, uh, one of the national parks here in Edmonton and he ran into a bison. And so he, did, he took a photo of him and his dog and his coffee going like this. And everywhere, he was Bison King. And he's going and scoring <laughs> goals. There's a guy in a Bison helmet wow. sitting next to the, the bench. He was massive. And then he got hurt. And he hasn't been able to capture that Bison King magic since. So I really think if he can get going, the whole team can get going. Wow. All right. Well, you always look for those guys because yeah. as important as the, the superstars are, and there's a lot of them in this series, look what just happened with the Avalanche. Darren Helm is the guy that, that sent him to the conference finals. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get to it. Um, I, I, I read a lot of you know, websites and stuff like that, and, and I'm kind of surprised. I'm, I'm, get, I'm seeing a lot of avalanche in like five and six and i really wasn't expecting that i I was expecting a lot of people to pick this thing to go the distance Mm -hmm. in either manner because of how well the oilers have started have played um and especially with the avalanche you know they're, they're obviously playing well themselves um i think there's a lot of people who are just assuming the avalanche are are gonna steamroll through this thing i don't see it happening um, I think this is set up for a seven-game series, and obviously I got to go Avalanche because it's it is Game Seven would be in Denver. That 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 is what it is. Um, so I, I I struggle to see this thing going less than that. I mean, maybe they can escape in six, but yeah. I I got to go the distance on this one. Avalanche in seven. What do you say, Kyle? <clears throat> You know, as much as I like to be a contrarian, <laughs> and I just I don't see any way this doesn't go seven. This is this is an absent yeah. seven kind of series. I'm with wow. you. I'm wow. with you. All right, Brett. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you guys. I was going into the Calgary Flames series and I was packing it up. I was looking at I was looking at oh what can I do in the off season? I, <laughs> I, I got in with Jess. I had my 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 crossover with Jess from Locked On Flames. I said you know what this is going to be Flames and Seven. It, it, it really is going to be. And I got hate messages. I got people of going. Course, I can't believe you're an yeah. Oiler. I can't support a guy an Oilers guy who's not going. I was just trying to be realistic. Yep. But obviously I was wrong. Heading into this series. I genuinely have more confidence going into it. And I guess I was more concerned about the nine five game that happened during the the season. I was like, they're just going to run amok on us, but that's not what happened. It's not what happened. And I think that really opened my eyes to the team that the Oilers can be. They can adapt in a nine, six hockey game. They can play a two, one hockey game that goes into a shootout against the Colorado avalanche in Edmonton. They can, they can, the best games that the Oilers have played this year have been against the Colorado avalanche and the Tampa Bay lightning. And if you ask many of those players, they will a hundred percent agree. I really think the Oilers can't. Hey, we talked about seven games, and I think 
us three here aren't the only ones who are going, this is going seven. I think people in the league are going, this is going seven. Yeah. I think a lot of people in the league also want it to go to seven. So I'm going to say it does go seven games, but the Oilers do pull it off. I got hey. you. I got hey, you. Uh, you get no flack from me, man. I, I All you got to do, if you're the Oilers, you just got to get to that point. You got to get mm -hmm. to, I mean, if you can end earlier, obviously you want to do that, but you, you get it to the seventh game and then anything, look what the Rangers are doing right now. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go. That's the position <laughs> the others could be in. So. Well, and you mentioned the Rangers. They just gave up a goal to kind of let Colorado or Colorado. There we go. Yeah. Carolina yeah. back well, into it. Are you predicting a Stanley Cup right there, man? Hey, hey whoa, right? whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, right. But now, now they just scored again and just kind of. You know, it's five to one. <laughs> immediately. Takes wow. the the air out of the building. So, yep. like, if like you said, game sevens in 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 Denver. If the Oilers can do something. Nobody expected a 5-1 in Carolina. No. No. Nope. A team who's nope. won every game since the yep. start of the playoffs at home. So if one game can decide it all, and if the Oilers or the Avalanche can get it to a seventh game, it's up in the air. Anything can happen. Exactly. So – uh, I think we're in for a treat here being uh, NHL and the NHL itself is loving this for, you know, from guys like us that will watch it no matter what yeah. those, those, you know, I don't want to say fair weather fans, but that's a bad <laughs> term, but you know, the fans that just tune in because, Oh, you got the, two of the top players in the league going against each other. I'm going to watch that. And I think if you like offense, if you like goals, if you like speed, uh, this series is going to have, have everything. So Good luck to you, Brett, and your team. Uh, I'm sure we will be talking many times throughout this, and uh, it, it's it's going to be exciting. Throw out where people can uh, follow you and the show, and any anywhere else they can follow you. Sounds good. You can follow me personally at the real Holden Forty. That's H O L D E N, like Nick Holden. He used to play for the Colorado Avalanche. But you guys don't care about me. You guys want to hear the show? You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Oilers basically how you expect to spell it and on youtube as well we're also on locked on oilers so make sure you tune into there thank you so much for having me today and i'm so Absolutely. excited for this series definitely and you can follow locked on avalanche l-o-p-n underscore avalanche on twitter locked on avalanche instagram and of course we have a youtube channel as well just search for locked on avalanche and you can follow kyle where's your what's your uh tagger tag over there kyle at shaggy von doom gotta love it <laughs> All right, everybody, enjoy the series. It's going to be a good one, and uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go.